Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror PSA presented by Scary Nerd, and as always, we are your hosts. I'm Paul. I'm Saul. And I'm Angie. The following is a public service announcement. A drifter discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. We watched 1988's John Carpenter classic, They Live. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Yes. yes, welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but we're still here for you. And we watched They Live because it seems like we're living this movie now, right now. Now obey <laughs> us and <laughs> consume our podcast. Now yes. do you see why I said we should have done this one? Because mm-hmm. it makes absolute sense yes. with everything that's going on right now. Obey and consume. Obey and consume. But yeah, I love this movie. It's so great. I've always felt this was Carpenter's like science fiction western type of movie. Yeah. Because it's really is you got the guy with no name who literally is named nothing. Nada. Yeah. Um, but but that's actually the character from the short story, I guess, was his, his last name was Nada. Was so Nada. it's kind of a nod to that. And also I feel like double-edged sword with Carpenter making this kind of a science fiction western. You get... He said the guy with no name rolls into town. You don't know anything about him. And all of a sudden he finds the trouble. You walk in and assume assume that he's going to, you know, find something and something's going to happen. And uh, uh, yeah, a lot of shit happens. So yeah, it's like a Western. He's like, what about science fiction Western? uh, And the music really lends to that. Yeah, it does. Carpenter's always used his music as his score as like just another character altogether. And I think that's really... It was the last collaboration collaboration that he had with Alan Howarth, actually. Mm. Read that. That's the other thing that stands out to me a lot in this movie is the the music because you have that weird little thumping bass, the yeah. Mm. That yeah, you it's have like, that. It's like menacing and and western at the same time, and like it's you're like, what's gonna happen? It's like yeah. you know, it's like building up to something. Yeah. I totally was not like this is a western. I was. It I has, was not. It has those vibes. <laughs> to, to give Paul his credit, it does have those. Because I was again, like, is this movie about men who don't know how to have friends? Because they don't know how to be friends. No way. <laughs> no way. Because this, this is like almost, it's, because there's, there's subtle hints of like comedy in it too, with yeah. like with the dynamic between the two of them. Because it's so like, it's not like a buddy cop movie because they're not cops or anything, but it still has that buddy hero dynamic. Yes, and, then, and I love yeah. it because they're so inept at being friends with each other. Like, yeah. even when he first okay. meets Keith David's character, like, he just follows him like he's a lost puppy. No, <laughs> I, I wrote that down. I wrote that down, too, because it was like, I don't let guys follow me. He's like, well, I don't like going with people unless I know where they're going first. Yeah. And I'm like, they had that moment where they were just like, you know, that macho BS buddy comedy moment that yeah. they had that started their friendship. And I think the thing about it is because Carpenter wanted... Um, Keith David's character, Frank, he wanted somebody who was not like a traditional sidekick yeah. to Nada. Yeah. He wanted someone that could be, you know, a companion and kind of hold his own. Like, like if anything happened, you know, he could lead the he movie as over. well, you know? So yeah. like he wanted them to kind of almost be equals in like that sense. And I think that really lends to that dynamic, how they're kind of this, that macho bullshit. The beginning. I love their yeah. dynamic. Cause like I said, it's like two dudes who are both the alphas who's never had to make friends with another alpha before. Yeah. yeah. And, like they don't know how to do it so they're both trying to be like domineering but it's not working for either two <laughs> each one keeps trying to top the other for because of the macho alpha like you yes. said 
He's like, what can I say to him to kind of put him in his place? And then the other one's like, oh, I'm going to do this to put him in his place now. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a constant one-upsmanship. Which, which makes sense that you, when you get to the fight scene. I was like, that's there's no way that it would have gone down to where one of them would have been reasonable. Like, all right, I'll just yeah. put, put him on. No, the fight scene is amazing. Uh, do we want to get into the fight scene now? Uh, uh, let's, let's should we the, just start at the beginning? Start at the, yeah, let's, let's just start, start at the, the beginning. beginning. So, yes, as we said, Roddy Piper is walking along as a hobo. Just I walking think he's along more of a drifter with his backpack. Than a hobo, isn't he? He's a drifter looking for work. He's I told them hobos all the time. He strolls into town and straight into the unemployment office. Uh, we yep. had this discussion before, Angie. Remember one of the other podcasts? The difference between a drifter and a hobo. That was the train. Yeah, the train. Yeah. Well, they have a whole hobo camp though, so it's a hobo. He's he's got they've got a whole like. Uh, well, he was walking around train tracks, so yeah, he, technically he's no. like a drifter hobo. What was that town called in? You gotta give Angie a minute. She's thinking. I've had too much weed. <laughs> Roosevelt. Wait, are we thinking Great Depression era? Yeah, like there's the town they set up, like Hoover Towns or something Hooverville. like Hoovervilles. Hooverville. Yes, go. the Hoovervilles were like they just set up a new little shit shanty city in the middle of cities. You know, <laughs> like that's exactly what it was. It's like oh. Poor people can't afford to live anywhere, but the jobs are all here still. So we're just yeah. gonna create our own little city in this abandoned lot. Yeah, they had like a like a whole setup there. It was like they had like meals and shit, and he was like, "Oh, you can help fix us the shower." I'm like, "There's a fucking shower." Like, I know. Jesus, this yeah. is like a whole little city within a city, just yeah. for poor people. It's basically what it was. <laughs> it was a pretty pretty nice setup for a yeah. while. I guess, yeah, and was. they had a food line. Like they had everything they going. They had a TV. Yeah, they did. I love that the the hacker like starts cutting in yeah, and immediately like you just get glimpses of what he's trying to say so it's like signals like you don't really hear anything I love how when he does cut in everybody all of a sudden starts getting a headache Yes, they immediately feel like something's what off. Was, what was with the, when they're watching TV that first night at the, the shanty town or whatever, what was with that weird, uh, like, bromance, mustache, mullet football game that they were watching in that commercial? I don't know. Because those know. were some weird-ass fucking commercials in all of this. You shit. know what those commercials took me back to? Stuff. stuff. Yeah. They were, like, yes. very, yeah. very stuff commercials. Yes, they very much were. Like, I was see, half expecting it. to see I one said in said it. I said it in the Stuff podcast, but I'm like, a, a updated version of Stuff and they live together. Like, mm. that would be a great movie. It would, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Uh, but the hobo camp is conveniently right next to the super suspicious church. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait, wait, wait. What, which church is not suspicious? All right. I, I look at Are every church. Are churches suspicious? Yes. You every, find them suspicious? Every church, I'm like, there's something going on in there. Uh-huh. The thing that I love about Piper is when he sees the suspiciousness of the church going on the next day, when he sees the guy that goes in there, he's like, oh, what are you guys doing in there? He's like, well, it's a kitchen, and we have to go in and in and out. They're the ones that are letting us cook. I'm like, at four in the morning? Yeah, I know. I love how he just, like, checks out the church. Like, he's just like, I'm just going to go figure out what's going on. Like, bitch, you just got into town. You worked one day. Like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe you should focus. I don't understand why he just automatically goes to look in the church. If Because like, the whole, everybody else is out there, like, we just want work. We're just trying to find it. And he's even a drifter moving to place to place. So why are you? You mean the next day? Well, I yeah, think, yeah, like, why yeah. are you in the church? Why are you no, snooping I, around? I wrote down, I wrote, nosy ass white dude with a mullet had to go looking around one day when he should have been at work only to get stuck, uh, snuck up upon by the crazy blind preacher. Yes, and he the, sits out there for a long time. Like, he watches it with the binoculars well, until the, the next day, I think. Here's my justification on why he did it. Obviously, he doesn't know this place. To me, I'm thinking he's just 
Because I don't think he's ever been in a town like that. The little, what, what do we call it? Hooverville? Yeah. I don't think he's ever been in one of those. So to me, I'm thinking he's being the, what do you want to call it? Um, he's being cautious? Or yeah, cautious because it's like, how can people this be good? There's got to be something up. I'm thinking yeah. he's just and one of those people that has his card he's up. He's a like, cynic is what you're saying. There you go. Yeah. That's what I was he's, looking he's for. Cynical. I was looking for a cynic. Yeah. And I guess you, you, you kind of have to be if you're like, you know, on your own yeah. and, you know. Because that's you can kind of trust these people, but you're like, this is too much trust already. Yeah. Like, I get that, but when go snooping around is another thing, I guess. Yeah, I, don't know. I just, didn't understand him going in there, and I love how he goes in there, and then as he comes out, his sweet mullet blows in the wind <laughs> as the helicopter descends. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of shots where that. Oh, it's just, just like, blowing he's running, in the when wind. He's running down the hall. Yes, the thing later. So majestic. Like, the thing that I got thrown off with, especially with the helicopter, because it was a big thing throughout the movie. He's like, who the fuck does not notice a freaking helicopter? I know there's so loud you'd be able to hear it if it's directly above your building he comes out he comes out of the church and all of a sudden it's there like could you not hear it once you're inside a building yeah i would i know it's not like the doors were closed and that was like a little shack with like super thin walls and like how inept are these cops that they when they raided the place they didn't see that that big panel doesn't match up with the panel on top of it yeah Yeah. but i'm like it's clearly a false thing right there Mm -hmm. one of the best parts of this whole movie are the stupid lines that they have because they have a lot of great one-liners in the this movie but he goes Roddy goes to tell Keith's David character like there's something going on over there there's nobody singing and he's just like mind your business yeah. <laughs> like you need to just figure out yourself I'm just here to work you're just here to work like let's just work like, I, I love how he, how he immediately he kind of puts him in his place like dude you're snooping around too much mind your yeah. business and he tells him uh, I yeah, walk the white line killed. or something like that and Roddy Piper says white lines in the middle of the road that's the worst place to drive yeah that's what he says he tries to be neutral and everything he's <laughs> yeah. like I just mind my own business you're gonna get me killed damn it I yes know it. these lines are just so great and they just drip with that 80s like badassery you have to say like your voice gets low and you yes. have to say it well especially with Keith David because he just has that iconic voice and every time I see yeah. Keith David Paul you'll probably back me on this every time I hear his voice I hear gargoyles I hear Goliath from gargoyles I always think, I mean, yeah, the voice definitely, but I always think of um, the thing for sure and then randomly Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you actually quote that, his part, quite a lot <laughs> from Requiem for a Dream. What part is that? <laughs> I don't know. The 8A? Uh, no, you no, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, okay. we were watching this movie. I was like, he's got friends on the other side because Dr. Okay. Facilier is who Keith David yeah, thinks that makes me think of. That's, that's true. That's the other voice. <laughs> uh, wait, but, hey, wait. The night before when they're watching TV is when we get uh, Buck Howard is in this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, and he, okay, he plays a bum. Okay, I looked him up on IMDb, and he's got over 162 credits to his name. And I Holy guarantee crap. most of them, because I just kind of skimmed through, most of them are either drifter, homeless man, <laughs> drunk. Uh, a couple of times he was just bearded man, mm-hmm. but he's always the same character. He's just kind of like, back to the future, the homeless yep. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always remember him from that. And then my, the other one is Pumpkinhead, because he was the guy... In the town, that the the little his grandson was the one that told okay. the main dude where to go yeah. find the witch. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then randomly, he was in a softcore porn where he was like Papa <laughs> Papa Schmutz or something. In the where he went by a different name altogether. So yeah, 162 credits. And you know, back then, you know, he he's he's seen some stuff in his career, but. 
Always remember that dude from like everything is always being like a drunk homeless guy. 162 credits, yeah. and you're pretty much the same character in all of them, just a different Hey, variation. man, that is a fucking career. Like, that, wait, that is. Wait, okay, what am I again? Homeless? Okay, okay, got it. Drink this, lay on bench. Got it. <laughs> Crazy drunk pedestrian. <laughs> he got himself a role and he, he stuck with it. That's hey, awesome. Man. Yeah, he worked consistently. And it, he doesn't look like he had to work out or change his no. hair no. or, you know, not grow a beard. It was just like, hey, here all you he had are, to show, show up. Hey, we all have a part to play in life, right? Yes. <laughs> hey, man. You if, you, if you can get paid for playing a drunk your whole life, then why the fuck not? More power to you. Well, he's still, uh, Rowdy Piper's still sitting there all day and night watching this church. Yeah. Well, that blonde dude's like, dude, can I have my binoculars <laughs> back? Can I have my binoculars back? You said you were just going to borrow for a minute. Technically, if I've been holding up to my eyes all day, it's still the same turn. Yeah. The thing that I love, though, is how Keith David is. Working, doing his what he's supposed to be doing. He's trying to make a living, and he just keeps going over and he keeps doing it, giving Piper the side. I'm like, what's this fucker up to? Yeah, he's like that fucker's trouble. Like he keeps looking at him. Like, like he's gonna cost. <laughs> he's like this fucker is gonna cost me my job, and now I gotta move, and this fucker's probably gonna follow me. He's mm-hmm. Like so, I gotta keep an eye on him. Get my ass killed. But he sits outside this church literally all day into the night until this massive raid happens. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down the, the cops were like, let's go beat up some homeless people. They do. They beat the shit out of the old man and the blind priest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just sitting there like they've got him cornered in an alleyway or something. They're just beating the shit well, out of him. they come in with the bulldozer and start destroying everything. Yeah. And the people are just kind of walk, standing there watching like, what is going on? I'm like, the, fuckers run. The police are coming mm-hmm. after you. Y'all need to disappear. The blind preacher guy, I was like, if only he had a sword blind cane combo oh, thing. Yeah. He could have whipped out the sword and just swung it around. Like that's what blind people need. Like that's, if you it's true. Like that's if you're in trouble, need. like okay, fucking like I'm gonna get beat up or something, like boom, that I that, need the cane sword, please. That, yes. Yes. Yeah, like the cane sword from the also serves as their stick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who do I call about this? I don't know, but it's one. we need to Pat get it. <laughs> But still, though, we have the raid of everything, just them just fucking shit up. And like I said, you have the Hoover villains just standing around kind of yeah, taking Yeah, and this. it's like they don't take anything. They just destroy it all. Yeah. They yeah. just, like, bring the bulldozer in and push everything into massive random piles. Like, there's no rhyme or reason for... They just have a moving mosh pit and then just smash everything. Pretty basically. much. But then they're, they they all branch out and they hide in these abandoned bu- buildings. And I was like, why weren't y'all just staying in there? Oh, no. <laughs> like, when, when he comes, uh, when he, after he sees um, the preacher and the other guy getting beat, shit beat out of him, mm-hmm. and he goes he around the corner. He finds binocular guy. He finds the binocular, binocular guys too. and he's like just keep the binoculars I don't care anymore. you know I know he's they, sitting there just shaking like when they go into that apartment or whatever they climb through the window I was like yeah somebody does heroin here yeah and then they oh, go sure. and they go around the corner and the one guy's like welcome to the party guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the party did someone start World War 3 out there and I'm like that's the guy that's doing heroin he was just yeah. like what the fuck yeah what happened are man? you people real right now <laughs> just came in here to do heroin and you guys just showed up uh, but we've learned through random bits here and there, like when Roddy Piper's in the the unemployment office, like he just came from Denver who lost all their banks. Yeah. Like nobody has any work. So apparent, it appears that people are just Moving. drifting around the country in search of work. It's a very Grapes of Wrath kind of feeling. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, Keith David's character, Frank, he said he left his wife and kids in, in Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. To go find work. Because the steel mill's all dried up or something like that. So it, it's clear like it's, it's completely throughout our whole country, maybe even the world, that these financial struggles are happening. There's, I think the guy on the news or the hacker yeah. guy was like, there's no racial 
like justice anymore. There's no something, something, something. Very political. It's, it's all really, very political. It's really leading to a lot of things that are coming true today. So. Yeah. Because the other thing that I do remember Keith David saying was that what he when they shut down the mills that they cut the union cut the mills a break, and but then when it was time for them to cut them a break, all they did was give themselves raises. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, that happened. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that was the scene uh, the first night where they're eating dinner, or whatever, and and Frank's character, Keith David, Frank is a uh, going on and on about losing his job and all that. And I remember watching that scene in like Roddy Piper. I'm like, is, was he actually starving in he real life? He looks like it because he's just going to town on it. Yeah, I'm like, how was. many yeah. takes was this? And he was like, fuck, I'm so starving, like, so hungry. Yeah, so they hide in these abandoned buildings with their their heroin using friend that they found all night until the next morning when everybody's gone, all the cops have left. So they go back to their little hobo campground and try to sift through the things. Well, everything they just got destroyed and Piper's character decides to go back into the church to see what... It's been left over. I know he wasn't very concerned with his stuff. Like he doesn't all. find like, it or care about it at all at the it. rest of the time. No, no, like he just goes back into the thing and goes into the fake wall piece and finds a box and then just leaves. Yeah, he doesn't go look for his backpack, his sleeping yeah. bag, nothing. Like, like you have he's nothing. Like, now. Well, like, I got literally nothing. nothing mm-hmm. Maybe he was thinking he had some money in that box. But when he gets there and he sees it and he's just looking around, and he sees a whole bunch of sunglasses. He's like, what the hell is this? Like fucking shades, man. Fucking yeah. shades. I love the sunglasses, though. It's such an interesting, like, sci-fi element. I love that the scenes are in black and white. Too. Yes. Yeah. Just, it creates it, the whole different feel to it. It, like, instantly takes me to, like, a 1950s alien yes. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without, like, all the cheesiness, though. Because it's, like, it's got that animation, like, aspect to it or whatever. But like it, it just immediately takes you in like an old classic sci-fi, you know, movie like that from the black and white days. Yeah. And it really is just so like, it, it just fits with what he's doing in this movie, I think. Yeah. And I, I really liked the contrast of the ads when he's looking at the ads on the billboards and whatnot. Yeah. How like they're so bright and colorful, but as soon as you put those glasses on, it's just it's black just- and white words. And it's so it's, it's such a stark difference, you know, and main, it really yeah. It's the main message. It's like it's almost like it's not even just it's a filter is what the glasses are doing. They're yeah. just removing the the it filters out all the other shit. Yeah, just all the noise, the pretty yeah. much. Yeah, but yeah, then we see all the obey and consume. My favorite one is marry and reproduce. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I think my favorite out of all of them is when he goes to the newsstand and he goes to pay. For whatever it was that he was going to pay for. Oh, oh yeah, this guy. is your god on this the is money. Your god on the yeah, money. That, I think that was my favorite part of all the the little subliminal hidden things. That yeah, were in there. I like that one and stay asleep. I always thought that one was a good one. Yeah, but he starts seeing this. Um, he starts seeing these aliens all over after he puts the glasses on. Like, there's alien bitches getting their hair done. They're out there getting their nails done. Like, there's alien politicians on the fucking TV. With- well, I think the thing that they slowly start and you start realizing as you watch the movie is that all the aliens were the wealthy people. Yeah. Like, anybody that had... Because that's the first one he sees was that one business Wall Street-looking guy. Yeah, the newspaper look- stand yeah. or whatever, the magazine stand, yeah. You see him, and then you start seeing all the other people, and it's just pretty much everybody that you would probably would say was first the, the, the upper class. Those seem to be like those were the aliens, and everybody else was just there. Yes, and I love Roddy Piper's transition into just... There's fucking aliens everywhere. Like, he just starts freaking the fuck out. He's like, formaldehyde face over here. Yeah, like, yeah, when, he goes just- in, when he goes into the supermarket, it was hilarious because that one lady comes out to him and he's, what is what is it that she's, he says, he starts 
Oh, real fucking ugly is what he Yeah, yeah real, real fucking, fucking ugly. ugly. He's like, I take these off and she looks normal, but I put them on real fucking ugly. He just starts mm-hmm. roasting her right then and there. He does. No, I, okay, I love his line because then he calls her formaldehyde face. And then when the guy starts yelling at him, he goes, you need a Brazilian plastic surgeon if you can't see this. And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? But it's like, it's so like just, because a lot of these lines he had written down for like WWF and like he just mm. never used them. Like the whole bubblegum yeah. line, he had that written down for like WWF promos that he just never used. And he's like, this would actually be good here. So Carpenter let him do it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, it, when he goes outside and he's on the corner and you see that little... Um, speaker on top that's saying sleep, yeah. sleep. That's actually John Carpenter's voice. So oh. technically mm-hmm. a director cameo. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love when he starts calling, when he calls her formaldehyde face and then he falls over and she's like, I've got one who can see and she's tucking into her watch. And that's the first thing you're like, okay, what, when you start getting the first glimpses of something bigger is going on because yeah. they have their watches and you see like, okay, what is that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then the cops, like, they descend on him. Everybody starts chasing him. And they're like, you look just as ugly to us as we look to you. I <laughs> loved that. Like, we're not ugly. You're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, it, okay, I think it's funny. And I think one of the reasons this movie holds up is it's almost like it was satirizing the 80s while it was still the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so when we watch this movie and we look at all this stuff, how it's making fun of the 80s, like this is how we see the 80s now anyway. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like he knew all the stupid bullshit that was going on while the stupid bullshit was going on. It was like, here's what they're going to make fun of us about in the future yeah. about the fucking 80s. And it was like, it's so spot on with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I loved like, he just is like, nope, that's an alien. I'm going to kill it. And he just starts fucking killing the aliens. Like, he shoots those two cops. He kills those two cops. I know. He <laughs> kills those two cops. And I remember, like, there's people in the background just walking by, like, normal. Like, yeah, like, 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 like God fuck damn it. it. It's, it's an LA, LA afternoon. And he goes into the rampage in the bike and, not in the bank, the bike in the bank and delivers the iconic line that we all know and love that Paul just mentioned. And he just starts targeting all the aliens. Yes, I love, I put he, then he just badasses around the town for a while because he gets like that gun, straps it on. He's got the ammo across his chest. Like he's just like, I'm killing all the aliens I see. Everybody's freaking out. And that one thing that nobody realizes and later on when he runs back into Frank, he's, what when he says, I was like, you got to get out of here, man. He's like, how many people did you kill? He's like, I didn't kill people. Yeah, they he, weren't people. He I know, keeps using his, those lines throughout the whole time. Yeah, like he does the "I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass" line, but he also uh, somebody when he's calling on the watch. Somebody, mama don't like, like tattletales. tales. Yeah, I love that line. <laughs> the so other ridiculous. thing I love, Mama don't like the other thing that I love too, and I read this in the trivia is when he gets out of the bank and he runs into one of the cops that was just a regular cop. And he looks at it and he tells him to beat it. Or what is it? Beat your feet? Beat your yeah. feet. Yeah. And I guess on the outtakes, the guy didn't know what Piper meant. Mm-hmm. So he just started running in place. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that scene. Yeah. yeah so it's, he, they give us that distinction where he's not killing the human ones he sees. He's only killing the he's aliens. He's only killing aliens. I love when he shoots the drone. Yes, he does. <laughs> he just straight like... Pfft. I don't know what that is. And then he does <laughs> another classic line on what I forget what it is though, but he does he does do a quip towards it. He does say something. I didn't write I that one down though. Yeah. yeah, I forget what it was, but he does say something. I love it. how the drone is so UFO like. Yeah. It's just silver and like Yeah, it's just smooth. like a mini saucer. So yeah. yeah, it's like and it really does like keeps you in that fifties sci fi mm-hmm. mode. The one thing I didn't get though is how if you can only see the things with the glasses when he shot that down, he 
he motions like it was stuff was falling on him. Yeah. But you don't see anything fall on him. Mm-hmm. I got I got kind of confused with the whole distinction between the glasses and the knot at the end when they put the contacts in. Because they never, they only show the black and white a couple more times after that. So I'm like, wait, is he still seeing all in black and white? <laughs> I think it just, I, well, here's what I read in the trivia. The later, there was a reason for that because they wanted to keep it distinct black and white for when you're seeing that. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, pretty much everything's being revealed. So that means everybody's seeing it. And that's why you start seeing everything in color. Mm, okay. Well, I think after the satellite thing, that's when everyone is exposed. That's yeah. when like, everyone sees it. So I think that's the only part that's actually in color. Color is at the end. Spo- yeah. So I think you're just supposed to assume. assume that he's seeing it in black and white still or whatever. With the contacts yeah. on? Gotcha. But yeah, he's he's only killing the aliens around. He's badassing around, saying some really cool lines. And then he just decides to kidnap some woman yeah. from a parking garage. Uh, Meg Foster, no less. Yes, Meg Foster. I will always remember from a couple of things. The stepfather movies, which were which were pretty creepy back in the back in the late eighties. She mm. was in part two. Um, her piercing blue eyes, like everyone always remembers. Oh her yeah, from from you know when we were kids, her eyes. Um, she was also, I think, in the year before or a couple of years before, she was Evil Lynn in the Masters of Universe movie yes, with Dolph was. Lundgren. Mm. I remember her from that. Nice, but Holly is just a lady who's out working, and she gets She's kidnapped. Just trying to get home. <laughs> Nada just pretty much tells her you're taking me somewhere. When they get to her anywhere. house and the neighbor's like, hey, Holly, I'm like, is that Mick Foley? <laughs> <laughs> who, who apparently was dating Liberace. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I like when he's trying to explain about the sunglasses, but he just sounds fucking bananas. He's like, well, look, yeah. lady, if you put these sunglasses on, you're going to see some aliens. <laughs> well, he does see. Yeah. It's like what? Wearing these glasses gives you a high, but the come down is a bitch. Yeah, it's clear that the glasses are hard yeah. to wear. They're making headaches and stuff. Well, it's like, how do you explain that to somebody rationally and have them believe you the first fucking time? Like, I know, and him like, the no, whole time. There's no good way to explain that. Like, like if you put these on, no. And Roddy, it. Roddy Piper is like he's so like jumpy throughout the movie too. So he's got that like what's going on face, and so like you look crazy when yeah. he goes to find Keith David after the fact, and he's like behind the trash cans it's like psst, psst. and like okay i love <laughs> you look that crazy dude i love that they get him like a sense of um like realism and normalcy the fact that he's there and he's like he's just fucking tired like he's like yeah. falling asleep when he's trying to explain to her and like she yeah. tries to get up and he's like don't fucking push me lady and he's it's like, just like, you know, like, because he would be in those circumstances, you know, like, yeah, probably didn't sleep much the night before because of the raid and all that. And he's been running around all day and like, it's just random shit, you know, like he's coming down from the high. And they never, the yeah, they never really show you like that sense of realism in, in movies like that. Yeah. yeah. And well, then Holly fucks him up with a bottle. She just smacks yeah, him. Yeah, I was head. like, it was like almost like a roundhouse fucking yeah, bottle smash. Like, bottle quick. smash out the fucking window. Like. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I didn't mean to kill this guy. Holly didn't come to play today, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) She didn't want to be kidnapped today. Uh, Then he goes, like I said, he goes to find his friend, his one and only non-friend. That's Keith David. His reluctant friend. Mm -hmm. And he's like, put the glasses on. And this is where we get the epic fight 
Yes, the epic fight. It's basically like, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't put these glasses on. And the other guy's like, nah. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they just like, beat me. each other's ass. And they start beating the living shit out of each other for what, five or ten minutes? Oh, and there's so much. There's biting. There's yeah. there's punching in the dick. Like, there's well, all he, kinds well, of. David, well, Frank yells at Piper because he's like, oh, you dirty son you of a. dirty motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets headbutted. And then it's just an epic fight scene. And I have to bring up the fact that. They, for shot for shot, remade this in South Park. Yeah. With Timmy and Jimmy in the cripple fight episode. <laughs> it's a great scene because it literally could end and it, it appears to end at least three times. Yeah. <laughs> then they just like, nope, fuck you. Keep, and then they keep beating the shit out of each other. They keep beating the shit out of each other. You think it would be over when he threw him into the car and be like, okay, it looks like he's done. But like, nope, he's not done. Then one of them suplexes the other one onto the ground and they're just rolling around and... That's where the biting comes in because he bites his hand. Mm-hmm. I love when he's just like finally like crawls up on his body and is like, put those glasses on. He <laughs> like forces the glasses on his face. When the fight first starts, I love Roddy's line where he's like, put these on or start eating that trash can over there. And I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> but I love it because it's again another scene of like the macho bullshit. Because I love that Frank's like, not this year. And I'm like, okay. This was actually looking like macho bullshit, but it was just Frank yeah. reaffirming that this is the year of Frank, and he's not going to put up with it anymore, yeah. mm. and he's going to work hard and save for his family. So he was like, this is not the year. This is the year of Frank. Yeah, don't you fuck gonna, with me. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Well, the other thing that Piper does say to him, too, is like, I'm trying to save your life and your family's life, and I think that kind of pisses Frank off even more to the point where... He starts- well, yeah, because all he knows is, like, you just fucking killed two cops and now you're coming over here like you're going you're gonna to fucking help me out? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you thinking, man? Like, look, fucker, I just got you one work, one week's worth of pay. And I think he only worked for a day, so that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I kind of assumed that they jumped ahead, like, because it was like, okay, wait, you worked one day and then you had the next day off? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't know. Like- that's They didn't show us that it was extra days or whatnot. But then what? We finally Frank finally gets the glasses put on him, and he starts freaking out because he's like, "What the Brother, fuck is all this?" Life's a bitch, and she's back in heat. Yes. <laughs> because I love I love his reaction to it because they're they just literally beat the shit out of each other. He's putting on the glass, and he's like, "What the fuck am I seeing?" He's like freaking out because he has no idea what the hell's going on. He's like, "Yeah, don't wear those too long." Yeah, and then they go to a hotel. They go get a room. They're like, fuck, we need to get out of this alien-infested street area. When they're in the hotel, they start talking, and Frank's looking out the window, and that's when he gives them this line, you know, like, don't wear the glasses too long and all that. Frank starts getting, like, pissy about it. He's like, where do they come from? And uh, Piper has the line where he's like, well, they don't come from Cleveland. He's like, I don't need this shit, man. They start start almost going at it again because I'm like... Because it's literally like, what the fuck do you do? Because, like, I think that's the moment where they're both like, this is some real shit, man. And what the fuck are we going to do? And they're both like pissy because they're yeah. like, I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do, but we know we need to do something. So I well, think shit, that was, what do we do? I think that was Roddy's kind of whole intention of like trying to get another person to see because he's like, yeah. I need an adult. I don't know what yeah. to do like, right I now. Need somebody uh, to confer- he's like, I need this somebody. This is more to- than I can handle by myself. <laughs> Help. <laughs> he's like, I need somebody else to reassure me that I'm not the only crazy one. Because the thing is, is you can kind of sense that Frank is like, what the fuck is going on? And he has questions like we all would. 
and Piper's well, hey, um, for, in Frank's defense, if somebody's yeah. like, hey, there's aliens, it's like, well, fuck, what do you want me to do about yeah. it? Like, yeah. why are you telling me this if you ain't got any ideas about fixing, fucker? Like, <laughs> I was better in the dark. Because you can see the the annoying the, the annoyance and the frustration in Piper because he's asking him all these questions like, motherfucker, you just introduced a whole new world to this guy. Obviously, he's going to have questions. What do you think is going to happen? And you can see the frustration. He's like, I don't know. And like what Paul said, he's like, oh, I didn't know they don't come from Cleveland. And it just kind of sits off the whole thing. I've known for about 12 more hours than yeah. you, motherfucker. I don't know shit. She's like, I don't have all the answers just like you. I yeah, I think sp- he says something along the lines of like, well, when you have some sort of master plan, you let me know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how they end up. When you yeah. fucking know, you let me know. Yeah. And then they go get uh, they go get random food, and I, I wrote down the the box was called "You Need a Biscuit." You need a biscuit. Uh, I was too into that story that Roddy Piper was telling about how his do- his dad tried to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> one time. So I don't know for sure. I, I I know, and Saul, you might know more than me as well, but I've heard in interviews that Roddy Piper actually did live on the streets at a yeah. very young age. So I don't yeah. know if that that particular story was like his actual story or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, he ran away from, like, home at, like, 13 or 14. He did he run away when he was on young. the streets. So yeah. I don't know what caused him to run away, but I'm assuming it wasn't anything good. Huh? But, yeah, that story was intense. I was like, is this, a, like, a snack kind of story? Like, <laughs> y'all are eating the first food you've had in the, yeah. in the last couple it's hours. the and- stories of Piper and trying to calm everything down a little bit, which he may have had a little bit of an embellishment in his real life into this story. So, yeah, it was just kind of, to me... It seemed that it came out of nowhere, though, because, I mean, it, you have you have to have a come down after everything that's going on. And yeah. to me, the story just kind of seemed a little out of place. Yeah. I was like, are we going to get a, another backstory about his dad later? Like, is he's going to like come back a and be like. Tragic backstory. Yes. It's a very tragic backstory. But then they're Ball. just. And it's such a weird transition because then we just see them walking through like the, the hotel lobby and they run into that other guy from the hobo camp yeah. who was at the church. <laughs> like, how would they meet up there? Well, he sees them with the glasses and then he's like, oh, I see that you guys have, what, does he see, what is it, that you guys have woken up? Something like that, yeah. yeah something like that. You guys it's are like awake. You, you are awake now. And come to like, this come address later. He's like, come with me and meet us here. And then that's where you pretty much see what they were actually doing at that church, but now on a different type of scale because, what, they got contacts now? Yeah, they've got contacts, which have lower interference is what she said, I think. Yeah, because it's got to be, okay, it's got to be something, because if this, if the satellite's projecting a signal that makes everyone not see it, right? So mm-hmm. that's got to yeah. just go into your brain or something? I assume. So the contacts just filter out that signal? Maybe. Uh, but the guy, at least optically, he yeah. has a pretty cool line. He says, the world needs a wake-up call, and we're going to phone it in. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out and touch someone. I love these corny one-liners. They make this movie so much fun. And then they get a tour of the place, and they have, what, a cache of weapons? A cache of weapons with a, a really non-suspicious guy out front guarding the oh, <laughs> entrance yeah. with like the a, door. The, oh, the biker? <laughs> the, the biker hippie beard dude yes. with a shotgun. With the yeah. giant gun that yeah. he was just carrying No, I, no I love how uh, Gilbert was the guy from, from the church or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how Gilbert's like, all right, you know, meet us here tonight. We're having a meeting. Make sure you're not followed. You know, just try and... So, you know, you're going to make sure you're not followed, so you want to be... 
you know, not suspicious looking. Yeah. And I love that the next shot is like they're walking and like Keith David's got his gun just pointed in the air and he's walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not suspicious. Wait, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe in this neighborhood that wasn't suspicious. They're like, there's a couple of dudes walking around with a gun. Like, just don't look over there. With his yeah. sunglasses still on at yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, hey, crackheads live in neighborhoods and they yeah. have guns sometimes. You don't know what the fuck goes Fair. on, man. Fair. But you do, I do love the fact that when they do get into that building and like I said, they, they go in there and the person looks at them and says, oh, you guys don't need to wear those sunglasses in here. We're all normal humans. We're all humans. And then his, uh, the lady he once kidnapped shows up and is like, oh, look who I love how he gives him that look and he's like, he goes to Frank and he's like, I got to go talk to somebody. I wrote that and I'm like, he's like, I may have found us a shower for tonight. Hold on. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> do what you got to do, man. I was, after this, I was never like, yeah, she's on their side. I was always like, nope, from this point on. Because she's basically, she shows up and she's like, hey, sorry, I tried to kill you. And then explosions happen. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so she double-crossed them and brought them. Yeah, yes. I'm like, it was suspicious. Yeah. It was all too suspicious because, yeah, you, because what, what you find out later on Bitch, is. Bitch, I don't trust your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, pierce my soul. Because you find out later on that she did double cross them, so it kind of makes all sense that okay, now she's got to be their end to find out where they are, and then everything goes down, and then what? They have a big, huge, giant ass shootout. Yeah, well, they have a giant shootout, and they're just fucking killing yeah. these aliens again, right and left, like just shooting. And they're these are cop aliens; they're just fucking picking them off the roof. They're picking them off down the street. The thing that I found funny when they did raid this new compound is how I want to say it was Gilbert, the guy from the camp. When he picked up his semi-auto gun, he wasn't pointing at anybody. He was just pointing it straight at the ground. Mm, probably. And we get when when they bust into the the meeting room or whatever that that random like office. Yeah. Like, what the fuck it is? Warehouse, yeah. right? warehouse thing. Um, and then when they're going out, when they finally leave the building, and you get everybody shooting, you get the random Al Leong appearance in this movie. <laughs> Did you catch that? No. Al Leong, okay, he's not credited in the in, in as a cast member. He's actually credited under stunts. But Al Leong was in every fucking like eighties mm-hmm. and nineties action movie. He was right? random Asian he was, guy. He's the random Asian American man. He was in Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. He, if you don't know, you will know him from Die Hard. He is the Chinese terrorist that eats the Nestle bar at the okay. end. Okay. So that guy, he's in there. He's in a real quick scene where he kind of comes out, starts shooting a gun to go across like an alley. And then he ends up getting shot or something Okay. as like Roddy and Frank just go from the back, like behind them. So yeah, he, yeah, he's been in like every movie in the fucking eighties and nineties. So yep. like, yeah. And he's, yeah, he's random part in there, but he was, he was listed under stunts actually in this movie and not as like a character. So, That's awesome. I'm gonna but, have to, yeah. when I rewatch it, I'm going to have to look for him. Yeah, that's right before they go back behind those pallets that are just going to hide them forever. <laughs> yeah, and the biker guy with the shotgun is just boom, just yep. f- shooting down the street. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, yeah. Go back just a little bit because you forgot to mention how when they were in that little new warehouse thing, there was the one guy who figured out and showed them that, hey. Oh, yeah, the commu- watches. They communicate through watches. And he's like, I still haven't figured it all out, but you can listen in on what they're saying. And then he mentions about how they disappear. And it's like, have you ever seen that? I was like, I saw one because earlier when. Yeah. When what is it when they're at the bank? Yeah, when he goes, Mama don't like tattletales. Yeah, and then the guy disappears. Mm-hmm. And then what? When they get to their little area where they're cornered, they can't get away. Keith David is sitting there trying to listen into it, and he does something to where he opens up that little 
He taps it and it yeah. sparks and he well, drops no, it. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> well, because I, I think the watch says like your watch is fucked up, so get into this tube and we'll fix yeah. your watch. Yeah. Just yeah. bring it with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like dumb luck on their point that like he dropped it and it's like all right, the watch is broken. I know. Like, I love how though they're like, should we go in there? I don't know. And they're and then Roddy Piper's like, well, we, we got a better chance in there than we got out here because yeah. they're just getting shot. Well, at I love how when he does that, he's looking at it, he's playing with the watch, and Piper's telling him, Frank. Like what, Frank? What? He's like Frank. Like, and then he looks up. He's like, "Oh shit, we're being surrounded now." He's like, we, "Like we need <laughs> to figure something out." Just fucking get in there. Yep, get in there. And he tells him to go first. I love the ship at the end because it's so. It shows how it's all a facade. Yeah. Because they're walking down these like sh- tunnels. You know, they're they're yeah industrial looking tunnels. They're not nice. But then you go into these like glorious rooms and these beautifully decorated like areas but it's all fake because it's it's a giant ship or whatever i just took it it was like part of it was underground other parts of it were like a yeah either the portal thing or whatever that was it was like the airport part of it Mm -hmm. so i don't know it was a weird mix it's like i took it as just like almost like underground shit like in like uh stranger things at the mall yeah Yeah. just had an underground thing that nobody knew about kind of thing yeah but obviously that had to have been like a portal to go to the other planets or whatever but i always just thought that it was like a those little watches took you back to the ship and that's how when they saw the portal thing it's why it was no because because how would they end up at the at the TV studio? Because then he goes up to the fucking roof, and that's I don't there know. They're portals, LA. man. It's portals. But he goes, <laughs> but they never portal anywhere. He portals down through the underground. I don't Basically know. We need a, to talk to John Carpenter. About they that. made a hole in the street, and they went into the underground, and then yeah. they were in the tunnels that were underneath everything. And that took them back to. But why were they just out into the open space then? When they go to that space transportation area. Because that was a portal window. Yeah. Do you know how, like, in Star Wars, they just have those open things where the ships can come through yeah, and then the land? Doors. I guess. It's just still, like, a window portal thing. Yeah. I guess. What's on the other <laughs> side of that just depends on what kind of portal. It's like Stargate. Yeah. Mm. There you go. I, I always like the space transportation thing. I was like, that's very Jetsons. Yes. Yeah. Like, you get in your little capsule. So, fly away. so could humans do that then, or was that just aliens? I don't know. And if you're taking, like, that guy had, like, one guy had, like, a suit bag. I'm like, do you need that where you're going? (laughs) You need your suit? I know. Like, (laughs) if you could just teleport something like that, then why would you ever need to go more than five minutes before you need to be there? Yeah, Yeah, you wouldn't. Like, just teleport. Like, if I had a meeting, like, oh, shit, just boom. That's why they haven't made teleporting a thing, because then humans would just be like, nope, not doing anything. The transportation industry would crumble. You wouldn't need cars or planes anymore. Mm-hmm. That's I, why. I love how they basically sucker that old hobo friend into showing them around the whole ship. They didn't well, sucker him to do anything. His dumbass just well, no, I, let everything okay. out the back. And in the scene where they come in to bulldoze the whole camp and like the cops were going up to him, I was like, that's the scene. Because it shows like two cops going up to him, um, Buck, mm-hmm. and he's like backing up. And I'm like, that's where they're like, you're white. Come with us to re-education camp. Yes. We can use you. <laughs> yes. You're white. You want some money so you can keep everything quiet? Listen. Sure. Yeah, so 
that was the scene where they were like, like put like they were gonna turn him or whatever or talk yeah. him into the whole thing. So yeah, I love that when he gets he's like, Hey guys, he's like, I'm glad you made it to the party. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like I knew I liked you guys from when I met you. I knew I there was something special about yeah, you. Yeah, why didn't you guys dress up? Because they're all gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't showered and but, yeah, but like you said, he didn't they didn't trick him into doing anything. That dude like just two, let like the two cat days, out the bag completely. Two days after they beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, pretty much. He completely just, I love how he just did that. He's like, just started showing them everything. Or he started everything. monologuing again. Yeah. <laughs> he just showed everything. He's like, oh, come he here. He did. I love how he just walks him into the TV station. He's like, like look, this is where this. the thing comes out. Like, what? This well, is where they come from. It was good that it was his character, though. And that's why it makes sense. Because in the beginning, you know, he was so like, oh, the stupid shit, this and that, blah, yeah. blah, blah. They're doing this and that. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, guys, like it was the perfect character to do that with, because once he was in there, he's like, you know, because it was kind of one of those things where he was like, just, oh, you know, I know these guys are my friends. Yeah. Like, hey, can I show them the inside of the studio? Like he was like that guy that was like, I'm a big shot now and I can mm -hmm. do whatever I want. Yeah. So he was the perfect character for them to be like, oh, hey, why don't you show us this or show us that? Because like, as soon as you meet this guy, you know, the new version of him or whatever, mm -hmm. he is that guy that's like, I love to just, you know, brag about all these things that I have now because he's yeah. never had shit kind of thing. Let me just showboat and he, not. He does, but he was an alcoholic the oh, whole yeah. time. Like <laughs> <laughs> the Okay, I got to go back for a bit, but because when they go into that ballroom the first time and the guy that's delivering a speech, I'm like, this guy looks like a fat version of the, the Monopoly guy. He did. <laughs> he did. I love how he's just like, he's up there talking and then the he The human waits. power elite. Yes. I think that's what he calls him. So I'm like, yeah. But yeah, there would be sellout people like mm -hmm. that, I, I feel. So yeah. And it, if you look, a whole room of white people. Yeah. <laughs> a whole room of white oh, people. Yes. Tell, well, that's why they approached uh, Buck, because he was yeah. like, you're a white person. Yep. You'll, you'll fall for this. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so they, they just automatically teleport somehow to the the TV station that Holly works at. How does it teleport them if they walk know. up the stairs? Yeah. Do they walk upstairs? Yes. Yes. Remember? Because they start sounding the alarm after they shoot those guards. Because all the guards are talking on their PKE beaters. No, I'm talking about when they walk into the, the TV area with the guy. And he's like, can you get him back here? Or can I show them? They just walk off of no, the little area. Because they were in a quiet room. Outside of the actual TV studio. Yeah. So like yeah. on the other side of that wall was the TV station where the news was on. So what part are you thinking they teleported anywhere? How did they just walk from the little hallways? Because they were downtown under the street and they yeah. walked into that one room. He's like, all right, if we go over here, so it takes you to the TV station. They're so bad at hiding that they just have the TV station. They're just completely infiltrated the TV station and... Yes. How is it so bad at hiding if they're just like, they just connected all us? the stuff? Yes. Yeah, because that's where the signal was coming from. Yeah, from yeah. that TV station. I don't on know. the roof. Well, what movie did you watch? It's like the, uh, <laughs> Angie, it's like the underground and Stranger no. Things. Everything is connected. See, I didn't think yes, that. Just, just I replace, took it as they were teleporting. No, everywhere. just replace the mall with the TV station. It's yeah. exactly the same no. thing. Yeah. No, that's one thing you got to think about. It, like Paul said, think of the mall. As the TV station. Let's go to And that's mall. what it is. No, because that makes me think of it's like Resident Evil. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. 
How does it not make sense? No, I like it better as a ship, so that's what it's going to be in my head. No. Yep. So you're thinking it's more like (laughs) Predator 2 where there was a ship underground? Yeah. No. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Everything is connected by uh, intricate tunnels. Well, you guys can be wrong. That's fine. I'm fine with you guys being wrong. uh, There's two of us. (laughs) It's John Carpenter on the phone. Kim, what did you think it was? Do you think it was a ship or did you just think it was underground tunnels? You've seen this movie with me before. She doesn't want to side with Angie. No, she doesn't. Because she knows Angie's wrong, but no. she doesn't want to not side nope. with Angie. That's <laughs> fine. I, I can, woman power. I'll stand alone. The cheese can stand alone. Okay, so here's what we do then. Everybody You're who's listening now? to this podcast. Hey, cheese is delicious. Fuck off. Wait, why are you cheese? Where did cheese come from? <laughs> That's a thing. You've never heard that? The, the cheese, cheese stands alone? No. What the it's fuck does thing. that mean? How do we get to start talking about cheese? This is another crunchy mom thing. No. <laughs> Yes, the cheese stands alone. Well, okay, we were poor brown kids. We okay. didn't have <laughs> we didn't have nursery rhymes. They're like, no, you're you gonna didn't have nursery. No, rhymes. you're gonna work. It was our nursery rhyme. Yes, get to work. I'm a baby. It's like we ain't got no time for nursery rhymes. Get outside and do something. Uh, and then Holly comes back just enough time to be a dick and kills motherfucking Frank. Oh. So sad. Like, just why? Why did Frank have to die? He didn't have to die. Yeah, he didn't have to die. She just Holly. shot him in the fucking head. That Everybody day. dies. Because okay. even fucking Roddy Piper goes down at the end. Okay, then here's a question, right? Was Holly planted in their first meeting with Roddy? Maybe. When she comes out and he kidnaps her. But I was would, she planted or was that just by chance and she happened to be working for them and blah, blah, blah? I'm I would go have by to chance. say it's by chance because otherwise if she was planted, I don't think she would have, you know, bottled to the head throwing him out the window kind yeah. of a thing. If But if she didn't do that, then how was, you know, how is he going to believe that anything after that? Like, that's a normal reaction if someone kidnaps you. But if she just believes him, like, oh, there's aliens and I can see them with these glasses and all that, that's a little too easy for me. Cause I don't think so, because I think because the glasses what, provide proof Yeah, but of what look he was what saying. it took fucking him and Frank to come to that agreement to finally put the fucking glasses on. Well, they're on. two dudes who can't use their words yes. and have feelings, so yes. that's why it took them well, no, so long. No, it's because this is the year of Frank and he wasn't putting up with it. <laughs> yeah. No. Not this year. <laughs> these two dudes couldn't be friends because they had never had friends before and they had to figure it out. But no, Holly, I don't think Holly was planted because I don't think she would have pushed him out the window but i do think that everything after the fact was, after she pushed him yeah. out of the window she was she knew about yeah. after the fact yeah i don't think that they she got themselves into a happy accident because they can be like okay she he knows you he, we know he doesn't know anybody else in this city other than so then maybe she was just after the fact um sent to infiltrate the group but then it was just circumstance yeah. that he happened to be there that night yeah i that. think so yeah i think it was all chance but yeah she kills frank in a real dick move Oh, poor Frank. He didn't and he didn't even see like it that. coming. She just puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger, man. Yeah. And poor Piper when he gets up there. Where's Frank? Which like, leads me to my inevitable sequel that happens 50 years later. <laughs> Paul wants a follow-up. Where, where it's about Frank's daughter that's coming to look for Do Frank. you remember, oh. I don't know if you, how well your memory is, Paul, but do you remember when we were still working at the same place we worked at and I told you that there was a movie that was coming around I want to see around December of... Want to say 2012, 2013, that gave me those vibes. It was like a combination of The Matrix, of this, and there was a third movie. I forget the name of it. I'm going to have to look it up, though. But I was like, this is like an updated version of They Live. 
What movie was it? I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. It's... That was a horrible story. <laughs> you were going to tell me the name of the movie. And now I'm Paul's going no, to have to figure think, out the I'm trying director. to think of the name of the movie. Hey, you remember that one movie? Look it up. <laughs> No, I'm tr- uh, but then he gets up to the top and he finds the dish where the satellite is coming from. And that's when he says, where's Frank? <laughs> the dish where the satellite's coming from? The dish where the, the signal is coming the from. Is the coming signal from? is what I meant to say. The signalite dish? The signalite dish. The signalite dish. And then he kills everybody. Okay, which is... I wrote down, not Frank. Holly, you bitch. He's got a wife and kids in Detroit. I know. They're never going to know what happened. Okay, so yeah, Holly kills Frank. Roddy Piper's up there about ready to shoot the dish when Holly comes in. He's like, where's Frank? Where's Frank? What'd you do to Frank, Holly? What'd you do to him? And I love how he's just like, don't don't shoot it. And Roddy Piper's like, fuck you. Shoots Holly, then shoots the dish, and then gets shot himself, but goes out. Wait, does Holly die, though? They don't say if she dies, but he does shoot her. She had he to does die. shoot her. Mm-hmm. But um, he was upset with his flip. I did read that. And when he flips off the why the dish, yeah, because he, he did to be this his, like final act of defiance. Yeah, he his finger wasn't. He's like it wasn't he, erect enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally. He's like it should have been straight and more like you know. Oh no, I thought it worked. He was dying. He got uh, shot, man. You're not gonna well, have that's probably what he was doing in the scene. Really, like I'm dying. I barely have energy to flip. This yeah, off. like I I always bought it, and I get it. It was the final act of defiance. But hey, I I thought him shooting Holly and then the dish yeah. was a pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good go out, man. So which was your favorite um, exposed alien? I love the bar one and the sex one. The, <laughs> the bar one is always my favorite because like. Because everyone's looking at me like, what? Like He just doesn't realize. I no, love that. I always love it how he's just like, shit. Like he doesn't move. And I always just thought he's like, fuck. You know, I always <laughs> took it that he didn't notice and everyone's like, what the fuck? Well, I, they were all watching the TV though. And yeah. they saw the people on the TV. And that's when everybody was like, what's going on? And they all turn around and he's uh, right there. He's the only one that's up. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. Well, then that begs the question: Do they never see? I'm wondering because I, if would the signal affect them? Yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. maybe he didn't know then because he's like, I always see that and I always know which ones are which. Yeah. Maybe I just always took it as he was like, I just, if I stay still, they can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a T Rex. Right can't now. see me. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Shit. Wouldn't it be crazier though if like the veil dropped, right? And yeah. everybody could see, and then you're just like right next to one who you were talking with, and then like you're kind of shocked, and then they just beep their watch and fucking disappear. Like, what the fuck would you do? Okay, okay. imagine, <laughs> uh, imagine like a husband and wife, and like the you know one of them, <gasps> oh no, and, like you know like one of your kids out of the other. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that hundreds. would be more. <laughs> I like, feel lied to. <laughs> I feel like that would be more yeah. crazy than yeah. I think just at the bar. Be like, what the fuck? Oh no. Ugh. And really, they came here for capitalism. I guess. <laughs> That's what the, the well, main okay, goal was. The, the stuff that I was reading in in the trivia was saying that like the stuff that the conspiracy guy is alluding to, and I thought that this conspiracy guy was blind because he kept having his eyes closed or he kept doing that thing. Like, I always thought he was just looking down, like he yeah, didn't okay. want to make eye contact with the TV. And here's the other thing. And here's the other thing. All right. His fucking videos, I'm like, do you want people to believe you? Then you need to stop having videos to where it looks like you're letting someone who's blind work the camera. I'm like, why are you so out of focus and so, like, 
zoomed in too close and the camera's moving like that's why no one will ever believe you i always if there uh, were if there were normal people that this was like look there are aliens here like here's this then yeah. maybe, maybe people would believe you but i guess we don't even need that seeing as you know all the 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 reptilian ones that people believe there was um the guy that believes the the the, the reptilian yeah the conspiracy oh, theory. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he cites this movie a lot as like he's like here's proof that this is happening. Like, we've, <laughs> we've known we've known since 1988. Like, okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> you say yeah. to those people. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you don't need to not look or sound crazy to have yes. people believe you. So never mind. I strictly for the record. True. This movie is so great. I love this movie. And with the TV guy, I always thought like that was like an homage to Romero's crazy like TV yeah. and personalities, you know, and the end of the world is coming. The, like. uh, there's a news clip, I think. It's either news. I don't think it's I don't think it's that guy's rantings, but there's there's a spot in like the news when someone's watching TV where yeah. someone mentions like you know, filmmakers and- like Carpenter and Romero need to blah 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 and it mm. kind of just trails off. So it's kind of another little yeah. cameo of their their work in there kind of. Well, Carpenter's style has always kind of complimented Romero's, I would say. I mean, they're both very political within their their yeah. messages and their storylines, but they do it in a way that I mean, not this film, obviously, because this one's pretty on the nose with the whole yeah. running of everything. But, you know, there's feminism stuff in Halloween. There's all kinds of stuff everywhere. It's all political. And that's why we did this one, because the world has felt yes. very much like they live <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but not we're not going to talk about any of that. I think we've wrapped up everything. You guys want to do final thoughts? I just love this movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's I love so this fun. Movie. It, this movie holds up. The message holds up. It's a super fun sci-fi craziness time. Yes. Good time was had by all. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And you watch this movie for nothing more than just watching Keith David and Ronnie Piper beat the shit out of each other for a good five minutes. Yes. I mean, it's just so fun. And you can't go wrong with John Carpenter either. Yeah. You get the 50s vibes from this, but you still get Romero vibes. Like Paul said, you can feel it as a kind of a Western effect. This movie is just all all around fun that it is okay so let's go off a little trivia things that kim wrote down on our board they had and i did notice them the pke meters at the very end when they were trying to find the humans yeah the humans they had pke <laughs> meters did they yeah when they were running around in the i did see one but i was like what is he doing yeah they that? had when they were running around in the uh in the in the office building the tv station yeah they had pke meters i'm like are those pke meters i'm like yep they're pke meters <laughs> uh piper left wwf to film this movie because I know Vince McMahon didn't want him to do it. So he said, fuck it. I'm just going to do this anyway. And you don't need me, which actually ended up benefiting him because he said when he left to do this movie, now he was worth more because of the movie. Yeah. I would imagine so. I remember the time it came out and I remember thinking like, holy crap, like he's going to be in a movie. Like that's awesome. Like it didn't really happen back then. And so this movie is really kind of credited with, making a transition from being like a TV wrestler guy to movies. being in movies and stuff like that. And cause he was really kind of the first one. Cause then, you know, obviously you after had, this, you had Hulk Hogan doing it, you know, Andre the giant did it after that. Like you had Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Like it really kind of just opened that Avenue is for like something that they could also do. I mean, cause they're acting anyway. So what's yeah. the difference, especially they're doing if you're, acting yeah. and stunts yeah, and all that it, shit. And especially if you're just doing action movies and shit like this. So, um, I did want to point out, um, they had toyed with a lot of different actors to play the lead with at least thinking about before, 
um, Carpenter decided that he wanted someone gruff and kind of rough looking. And that's when he kind of turned to um, Roddy after seeing him in WrestleMania three, I think it said. Um, yeah. And so he thought, you know, like he'd be great for this character. Um, Carpenter wrote the, the character of Frank specifically for Keith David, because he loved how he worked with him in the thing. So he's like that character I wrote specifically for him to be in the movie. And I wanted someone that could be, you know, an equal kind of guy with Frank in, you know, Nada's character. But um, John Carpenter thought about a famous actor to play Nada, such as Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Sylvester Stallone, David Hasselhoff, and Johnny Depp before he decided to go with Roddy Piper. So the only one that I don't see doing this movie doing it any justice would have been Tom Cruise because I the don't other see ones, Johnny Depp being or Johnny Depp. It. I, I can't. Only, I couldn't imagine Johnny Depp and Keith David together. I think that's yeah. The thing that too. would the have other been. ones I could kind of see. I could see Swayze. I can see Stallone. See Swayze. I was like, hmm. Swayze at the time I think would have been interesting. Yeah, because I mean, you look at Roadhouse and he could totally yeah, play yeah. that kind of a uh, character. Which you know, Keith David was also in by the way. Stallone, I could see. Yes, he was, goddammit. Where in Roadhouse? He was one of the bartenders. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I just remember glorious locks of hair we're in, going, in Roadhouse. I can't think of anything else. We're going home and watching Roadhouse. And, there's, Roadhouse. and was it a polar bear? Roadhouse. Polar bear fell on, on me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, people. And that was Roadhouse. <laughs> that was They Live. We're coming back next week with uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Paul's favoritest movie Dracula. <laughs> yes why is it my favoritest movie you've made me watch this movie literally okay. over a hundred times okay i'm just gonna literally. say literally no literally. i'm just gonna say this going in to bram stokers right i love bram stokers it's a great movie even with so many like just bad like cuts <laughs> in there like so many movie mistakes like Someone's holding a hat. Now the hat's gone. Now they're holding it again. Now that person was sitting on the, <laughs> the hat. Thing that's like, gonna there's be... so many of those in there, but I still love this movie because it is a great epic movie and it's Gary fucking Oldman. That's all I have to say about it. The thing it. that's going to be hard for me not to picture is Mr. Burns. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I can get it. I could see it. <laughs> all no. right. Well, we'll talk about that next week when we come back. It is Gary fucking Oldman. He was in Harry Potter. Well, he was in Dracula. <laughs> but you guys can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash scary nerd. You can go to scarynerd.com for more horror entertainment news. And you can email us at podcast at scary nerd if you have any questions, comments, concerns. If not, we'll be back next week with Bram Stoker's Dracula. So we will see you then. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.